0: Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, aka Crazy Crockett, aka Andre. The Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Right in the middle of the state of Michigan, it's a cloudy day. It's raining. We uh we had an Asian festival this weekend. I was unable to go to that festival because of work. And uh, I hope everyone out there. That went to the Asian festival. Had a great time. Great food. Great people. Celebration. Of people. Of Asian descent. Uh, Every week. Or every month. Grand Rapids does a great way. Of showing. uh, Different. Themes. Of celebration of people. And. uh, As much of you guys know. It's gay month. Pride month. And. I'm really complex by this because as a person with, with disability, people with disability, we don't celebrate being disabled. We want to be part of the norm of society. We want to be part of society itself. When I see myself as a person, I don't see myself as a disabled person first. I see myself as an American person, a person who's a citizen of this great country so that's something that I kind of don't understand why people who are gay have to over exaggerate their celebration of of their lifestyle uh and I can say the same thing about about um African American month I think a lot of times to me, African American month is more about uh remembering people of being slaves. Uh I don't think that if you look at African American month and gay pride, they've they do it two opposite ways. African American month is more about remembering the suffering of slavery and and the torture of Of their of their people, but it it really is a month that should be celebrating African American food, cultural, uh, everything that is positive about being black—not just as athletes or just as entertainers, but the food. Every I mean, they just really need to focus on that. In my opinion, I think they should. Let's talk about s- slavery and talk more about uh, how to celebrate being African-American. And so I, as a disabled person, I just don't understand this, this concept of, of over, uh, over, I feel like you're over welcoming your, you as a person. I don't want people to remind, remind me that I'm disabled. I don't want people to re- only remember me as being disabled. I don't want people to just focus on my disability. And there's nothing really to celebrate being disabled, it's just genetics, okay? My genetic gene was or had a hiccup during childbirth or after childbirth and I had a stroke. Or during childbirth, I had I was losing air, so it created a stroke symptom. Or this, or after childbirth, I may have had a uh, seizures that created cerebral palsy. It could have been a lot of different things, but I don't like focusing on that because I don't think it's a good way to live your life. If you only live your life through what you think that you are or what you're supposed to be, then I don't know that's a great life to live. For example, if I'm disabled and I want to celebrate something, I should be celebrating going out, having dinner, having friends, enjoying life just like everyone else. I don't want to be sitting around. In a wheelchair, and I'm not in a wheelchair, but I have a really deformative way of walk of walking. You can tell that I have a limp, but I don't want to create a parade for that. I don't want people to be overexcited about that. That's just to me obnoxiousness. So I don't really think that that by remembering of your people or any person, of suffering of the past is a great way to focus on your life. I don't want to talk about how, how, how um, mental institutions used to treat people horribly because they were mentally disabled or physically disabled. There's horrendous stories about men and women and children being abused physically and sexually. It was just not good, it was never good and And to have a month just to remember all those kids and all those adults who cannot defend themselves would be the wrong reason to celebrate this uh handicap month or disabled month or whatever, so that in itself is a little weird to me to celebrate a whole month of something that's just. A little bit part of you not all of you now i can people i can see people arguing with me getting flustered but you know what i just don't believe it i think there are some people who are just have a genetic gene like i said some people are born gay and some people are born black and some people are born irish american and some people are 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 polish and germans and And some people who are uh, interracial, a a biology—it's just what it is. So, saying that, I will talk about sports right now. I'm going to. uh, Yeah, I'm going to talk about the RBC Canadian Open. This is the very good note for the PGA Tour. Uh, It hasn't been a champion of a Canadian person winning the tournament since 1954. Mr. Nick Taylor hit a 72-foot eagle shot on the fourth playoff hole against Tommy Fleetwood. And they went back and forth. They were tied at the end of the regulation of 18 holes, 72 holes. And it was seventeen under. And it was phenomenal. It was a great it was a great tournament to watch. It was a good plus sign for the PGA tour. Of course, now we know that the PGA and Live Golf are back together. Well, I would shouldn't say that that they were back together. They decided to combine together because the PGA tour could not compete with the money liquidated money that uh, Live Golf would would always always have they the PGA tour was going to lose one way or another and so was Live Golf League the Live Golf there was no one watching it there's only 54 holes there was uh, you know you get your your best players in lot in in Live Golf but if no one's watching it or no one's going to those tournaments and it's not being televised how long can you go through with keep giving money to players just to join the league of 200 million or 100 million or 75 million or whatever number you you put out there but the PJ tour was going to suffer as well cuz the only tournaments that that you would really ever see Dustin Johnson or Burke Kopka or Deschambeau or even the old, old the old man Phil said, was going to be the majors, and the PGA Tour cannot survive without big time players. It'd be like playing or like watching the NBA without the prime players the A players, the A leaguers so the PGA tour and live golf some people love it, some people hate it a lot of the PGA uh, players are pissed off because they figured out that they were uh, lied to I think that, that anyone that did not go to the PGA or to the live golf Kind of got screwed out of quick cash. I mean, think about this. Roy McRoy lost a lot of money because he could have got maybe $130 million flat just to join that league. And other players like John Rahm and and uh, anyone else out there they just got kind of screwed. So. And then all these other PGA players are like, well, I just missed out a lot of money. I could have made, they could have signed me for $40 million just to join the league, and I would never, ever make $30 to $40 million in the PGA tournament. I just, they couldn't. However, if you're in the Live Golf League, they can basically cut you off the team so that they only have about 54 players and if you don't make that league, or you get cut, and then you're trying to find a league to play again t- to the PGA Tour, is the PGA Tour going to uh, uh, fine you for leaving the PGA Tour? The PGA Tour was getting old. It was getting crusty. It was, it was a, it was a league for old people. Old people that like to remember Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus and even Phil Mickelson, and when he was actually playing well, or Dustin Johnson, but it was becoming very boring. I said this before, the PGA tour had way too many tournaments, unnecessary tournaments. They had they have one for every week from from January 1 or January whatever to almost like November. And and it was just like, who watches all these tournaments? I don't. I'll watch maybe the fourth round if it was any good. I'll watch maybe if it's, a, you know, someone who is elite golfer like McElroy or or even, let's say, Phil Milkinson were going down the stretch. But remember, golf isn't for everyone, and golf was never meant for everyone. It was really meant for wealthy people in the 21st century or the 20th century. And more people who are into, more CEOs and more people who are in charge of the companies play golf. They negotiate, they talk golf, Negotiate the contracts, or whatever they want to do in in business, and a lot of people who are not CEOs are more likely to like team sports like basketball, football, or even soccer. So the PGA Tour got very lucky that Live Golf was open minded to 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 join that league. I don't know who's luckier, PGA Tour or Live Golf. Because Live Golf can endlessly throw money into this league, endlessly. And remember, eventually, all the new prospects, all the new young players, will probably start to go to Live Golf off the bat. If someone's going to pay me from college to go to Live Golf, And sign for twenty million dollars, instead of going to the PGA Tour and paying for paying for a league pass. Basically, that's what it is. If you join the PGA Tour, you have to qualify to play the PGA Tour. You have to pay for all the hoo ha stuff to join for the just to receive a card to play the PGA tournaments. And then and then third and fourth, you have to find yourself sponsors and tell you, I don't know how much money you win or you receive from your sponsorships. I would assume that they would pay for your hotels and your food and your travel, but if you don't if you don't win, you might get screwed over because if you don't win in the PGA tour and then you have to pay for some stuff you're going to start losing money and then you're going to start losing your sponsorship so i i don't know how that works but i i don't know who's luckier live golf or the PGA tour i would i would assume the PGA tour is very lucky because now that they can actually have a pool of Of new golf courses around the world they'll write a new contract uh pga players will get a huge bonus now live golf players will be able to play certain tournaments in the united states without getting fined especially if you're an american like dustin johnson or 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 brooke hopka or anyone out there I, and it's got to be the weirdest thing in the world so congratulations to mr nick taylor for winning the rbc canadian open uh first time in since 1954 that's awesome moving on to the nba as much as you guys know the nba pl- playoffs the finals are are here uh uh, the Nuggets, Jovo, Jovovic, or the Joker, are leading the series at 3 to 1 over the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler and Kyler Lurie. Now, I came to find out that Kyle Lurie and Jimmy Butler are budding heads. They're not b- best friends. But I don't know why. But you should assume why. Both are very similar basketball players that both need the ball in their hands to make plays or make points or to score points uh, there are they can make their own plays but when you have two of the same type players on your team you're going to have a, you're going to have that problem you can't have two guys that want the ball at the same time and everyone knows that Jimmy Butler is very difficult to get along with he had a difficult time with the 76 Sixers. He had a difficult time anywhere that anywhere that he went. I don't know why he's so difficult, but he is. So, do I think Jokic and the Nuggets are going to win the finals? Yes. Do I think it's great for the NBA? Sure. Do I really care about the NBA finals? Mm, probably not, because. They've kind of taken the script into the uh, into the playoffs into the NBA setting uh, very much like the WWE. Uh, we've known in the past that the referees have shaded points or have made certain calls to to have the game go seven game series. It was clearly a good and identification of the. Of Kobe Bryant's and the Lakers and the uh, uh Sacramento Canes back in the day with with Chris Weber and White Chocolate. You know who White Chocolate is, probably the best player or best entertained player of that era. He was a lot more fun to watch than Kobe Bryant. I said it. White Thunder, I mean White Chocolate. Was more fun to watch than the Black Mamba. Moving on to 2023, let's talk about Detroit Pistons. Let's talk about Detroit Pistons' new head coach, Monte Williams. Monte Williams, a man that has been in the league for 18 years, has a great, great uh, resume. He's coached recently the phoenix suns and they got to the nba finals last year um, he was a, i mean i like this guy i really do however if you're going to pay a man 72 to 78 million dollars i don't know the exact numbers out there but if you go going co- if you if you go name a a coach and pay him that much money we better have a lot of confidence in this man Tom Gores seems to love this guy. Tom Gores feels like he's the next future in the in the, in the, in the Detroit Pistons organization. Uh, um, I just think this is going to be really challenging. He's got a very young team. He's going to coach Kay Cunningham, Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey. I love Jaden Ivey, by the way. Isaiah Livers from Michigan. I had to mention that. And Isaiah Stewart. Now, I'm going to tell you this, folks. I'm going to tell you this. I really think that Devin Booker is going to come to Detroit through free agency or a trade. Now, I think you're going to call me crazy. I think what should probably happen for Detroit, I think they should keep Jaden Ivey because... Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey are very similar basketball players. However, Kay Cunningham's been hurt. He's got shin problems. He had to take the whole year off last year. He seems to very be engine prone. So I don't know if he's really the big picture on that for Detroit anymore. Because we have Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey needs the ball just as much as Caden Cunningham. I think I think Jaden Ivey is much more of a thrash player that gets into the lanes. I think he needs to slow down a little bit. I think with Monty Williams as a head coach, I think he'll have him slow down and take more jump shots and develop his jump shot a little bit better. But I do think the Cade Cunningham and Devin Booker would be a perfect trade. I would even consider trading uh Isaiah Stewart and Cade Cunningham for for Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a Michiganer. He he went to Granville High School. He is from the west side of the state. He's 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 gonna come home. I think he could come home. And I really do think that by having Devin Booker on the team, you'll have a much more of an experienced basketball player. I do think that I don't know if you can keep both Kay Cunningham and Devin Booker on the same team if Devin Booker comes to Detroit because both of the players are very much very similar to each other. But I do think Devin Booker should follow suit. 'Cause usually coaches and players that play together, you know, I think that's just gonna happen. I think if it's true that that Devin Booker and Monty Williams get along, I think it could it, it could be a good reunion for those two guys. I think that if you look at the development of Jalen Duran, an eighteen or nineteen year old kid I think he's going to be improved basketball player for next year. I think that I th- I don't know. I don't, to tell you the truth, I don't know if Isaiah R- Livers is going to make it on the roster for Detroit in the next couple of years. I do think that I do think that he's a, another person that will could be traded during the off season of this year or during the. During the season of next year. I, I've watched him at Michigan. I watched him a couple of games at Detroit. I don't think he's phenomenal. I think he's a decent player. Decent shot. Not very quick. Um, team guy. But not very quick. So I think with. Even with Cade Cunningham. You know. I think it's going It's going to see what happens this year. If Cade Cunningham. Can. Tremendously improve his game, and can stay healthy. Played about seventy-five games, maybe sixty-nine games. I know a lot of the NBA players don't play eighty-one games like they used to, but I do think, I do think that if Kate Cunningham with a new coach and a much more uh, uh, open court system. That that Monty Williams has in plan, I think Kay Cunningham could be a a decent player. I think he's going into his thirty year of the NBA. I think by this thirty year, if, if he doesn't do well, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. I I just don't see. I just don't see them. I just don't see Kay Cunningham staying in Detroit. I think that. Sometimes you have to cut your losses. I think that if he I don't know. My dad likes this guy. My dad really enjoys this guy. He my my father loves the Pistons. But you just can't you just can't have a player that doesn't want to play or have a player that has a shin problems. And I don't really know how you have shin problems. I don't know the injuries. I just don't understand that. I don't know if you run on your top of your toes or or the back of your heel and then your shins get sore or injured. I don't know how that works. But Monty Williams, welcome to Detroit. Hopefully you do well. Hopefully my dad won't have a a what do you call it a hissy fit. And uh yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'd like to thank everyone that listens to this podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please tell other people, give me a thumbs up, give me a positive note. If you didn't like the podcast, please give me some good pointers to make it sound better, be better, everything else with it. Um, Yeah. All right. Crazy Dre podcast show on Spotify, Apple podcasts and other uh, platforms out there that's Podcast is out. All right. Peace, love, and have a good week.